rise up and rejoice. That's, that's a lot of what that video was saying, and that is exactly what I want to talk about today. Uh, I want to encourage, I want to empower and, and charge you uh, today, because we are living, as we all know, in some very strange times. We're living in some different times that nobody's really had to deal with in the way that we are um, right now. You know, a lot of uh, a lot of different cities and things are all closed down and, and all of that stuff, and we're all dealing with that. Um, you know, as a church, we've even taken uh, steps. Obviously, all of our ministries have moved to, to online, which is what a lot of uh, churches have done, and, and a lot of things just look different now. Um, you know, we've canceled a lot of our, uh, if, if not all of our face-to-face things um, for, the, uh, for the immediate future because things like that are helpful for a global pandemic uh, like what coronavirus is. But, but there's something that we've got to remember. There's something that we've got to remember and there's something that we need to keep in mind when we're, when we're in this, uh, this quarantine uh, place that we're in. You know, we're in our homes and, and we're not really supposed to be going out and, and all of those things because if, let, let's just say it gets worse, the worst possible scenario that, that we're, we're confined for even longer than we think it might be. Um, you can't quarantine the gospel. You can't quarantine the gospel. That's what we're going to talk about today because the gospel is an unstoppable uh, contagion, if you will. It, it, doesn't, uh, it doesn't hurt. It heals. It doesn't bring death. It brings life. Um, it doesn't destroy. It, it transforms. And, and it's, it's an empowering thing. And so I want to pray as we dive into God's word here for just a minute. Father, I pray that for the next few minutes, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would move in a mighty mighty way. God, that you would encourage us, empower us, challenge us, change us. God, we ask you to just um, take over and, and your words to be, uh, to be spoken for the next few minutes. God, we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, the Apostle Paul had a very good understanding of, uh, of what we feel like, if, if not more so. Uh, not only was he quarantined in, in jail, but he was quarantined multiple times. There were various times that that he was put in jail, and, and he had to do uh, a lot of, um, I guess, dealing with that. And here's one of the things that he wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 2, beginning in verse 9. If you have the Bible app or your Bibles with you, you can follow along with me. I'm in the New Living Translation here for this verse. It says this, but the word of God cannot be chained. So I am willing to endure anything if it will bring salvation and eternal glory in Christ Jesus to those God has chosen. The word of God cannot be chained. So I'm willing to endure anything if it will bring salvation. You know, that message was spreading um, and multiplying, even while Paul was in, in quarantine and he was on death row, if you will, a couple of times he was on death row. And, you know, we, we can feel uh, quarantined and we can, you know, all the social distancing and all of those things, uh, but the word of God cannot be chained. The word of God cannot be cannot be held back. The, the gospel cannot be held down. And it's actually more relevant and, and prevalent than, than it ever has been before in this time because people are seeking good news. People are looking for hope. They may not realize that they're looking for Jesus, but, but they are. There's a reason that our online presence has, has gone up. There's a reason that, that so many churches have seen uh, so many people come to Jesus ter- during this time because it's times like this that people really turn back to God. Um, there, are, uh, there are amazing things going on because people are looking for Jesus. 
You know, our drive-in uh, church service was, was amazing last week. And this, this season of, of isolation that we're in, it's amazing to see what God is doing through it because only God can do something uh, incredible through a time that, that flawed, sinful people like us see as, as maybe terrible and we take the wrong attitude toward it. Because, you know, I really believe that God is using this season I really believe this. God is using this season that we're in right now for, uh, in many ways, what, what I would call revival. Um, God is bringing people back to him. We're seeing it in amazing ways. And he's preparing us. And I hope that today inspires you a little bit in, in that regard because, because we can take one of two uh, views of what is happening right now. We could take one of two views. You can look at this season that we're in in maybe two different perspectives. And that's the first, uh, the first point that I want to look at here because the two different perspectives are this. We either see unexpected problems or we see unprecedented opportunities. We can either see unexpected problems or unprecedented opportunities. I believe we're living in a time when the gospel can spread further and faster than it has ever spread before because the circumstances surrounding this pandemic can really... Uh, actually accelerate the good news and, and spread in a way that we haven't seen in a long time. You know, in many ways, for those of you that remember 9-11 and how many people flooded back to church during those times, times like this, you know, where people are, are concerned about death and concerned about, uh, about all kinds of different things, concerned about finances, if you will. Um, all of these different things push people to worrying about uh, and, and being concerned with, with the afterlife and, and all of that stuff. And it's crazy because the, the early church, when, when Paul began planting churches and spreading the gospel, in a matter of 30 years, it spread from Jerusalem to Rome. And there was no social media. There was no internet. Uh, there were no airplanes or cars or anything like that. And the gospel spread in, in a time when the church is being persecuted in in just terrible ways. In, uh, in 1995, some of you may remember this movie, it was called Outbreak, uh, and it had Dustin Hoffman in it, and, uh, and funny enough, it, it, that movie has been in, I think in the month of March, it was in the top 10 uh, movies watched on Netflix, um, which is kind of morbid, if you really think about it, but in, in the movie, there, there's a scene where, um, where this pandemic starts, this crazy strain of the Ebola virus starts, and, and it starts with this monkey, and he scratches this guy, and, and then this guy, uh, I think he coughs or something like that, and, and he's in a movie theater, and, and he coughs or he sneezes, and, and they do like a kind of a gross zoom in of all of the, his phlegm going throughout the air, and then, it, and then unknowingly goes into some other guy's mouth, and next thing you know, the, uh, the pandemic has started, and, and this, uh, you know, this virus starts spreading around, and it's this crazy strain of the Ebola virus um, that, that started with this monkey, and you know, there, there's this part in the movie where this, um, where this military guy is, is looking at a map, and they're talking about the spread of the Ebola virus. And it starts with this little dot. And he says, you know, in 24 hours, it's going to be this big. And then in 48 hours, it's going to be this big. And it's covered like half the country. And then he's like, in 72 hours, it's going to cover the entire United States and the way that it's spreading. And, and I just can't help but think when I'm, when I'm looking at, at, at that or, or a map and, and you're seeing that idea because it's this red that is spreading throughout the country. And it makes me think of Acts 1-8. 
where Jesus says, you'll be my witnesses, telling everybody in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth, and, and, and how it kind of works its way out. And, and how about instead of looking at it from that negative perspective, we look at it from the gospel perspective of how much more infectious could the gospel be and spread like the red blood of Jesus covering our entire country? How much better would that be? The gospel message is actually much more uh, contagious and it, and it very well can be um, because as I mentioned, it, it doesn't kill, it transforms. Um, it doesn't make you sick, it makes you well and it doesn't lock you down, it actually frees you up. So how do we unleash it? How do we unleash it? Because I, I hope that we all walk out of here today or out of your living room or wherever you're sitting and, and you feel empowered and, and charged to unleash the gospel, especially when we are allowed to go out and, and congregate and meet with other people. Let's take advantage of this time. Let's look at this unprecedented opportunity that we have. And so how do we unleash it? Well, let's look at what Jesus did, the ultimate carrier of the good news. If you have your Bibles, we're in Mark chapter 1, beginning in verse 35. And, and Jesus goes through the, this particular story here with Jesus. Let, let's read it together because I want you to see the progression of what he does. So Mark chapter 1, verse 35 says this, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. And Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled through Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus was indignant. He reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. You know, we see in this passage that the ministry of Jesus was not quarantined away in some monastery. He wasn't just out in the middle of the desert by himself. He was strategically aligned for exponential growth. And what Jesus did, we can do. And so how did it start? Where was the first place he started? He started with prayer. The first one, we pray. We pray. Jesus set the pace for prayer. Prayer changes things, as we talked about uh, a month or so ago, and it has a ripple effect. And so, of course, this is where we have to start. If we're going to unleash the gospel, we must start with prayer. It, it says in, in this passage in, in Mark that Jesus got up very early and he left the house and he went off to pray. He was always doing those kinds of things. Jesus was always getting up early, going off alone to pray before he would dig into sharing the gospel and he would dig into the work and the mission he would begin with prayer. He would begin with prayer. He wouldn't just quarantine, he would, he would quarantine himself off, but he would stay there to prepare himself before he could come back and, and go and accomplish the mission that he was doing. And, and he prayed with a very, in, or in a very specific kind of prayer, and that prayer was called intercessory prayer. Now that word, interse intercession, actually comes from two words in the Latin, meaning uh, two words, I go, and between. And so in other words, an intercessor is a go-between. And, and a go-between the, the people that we're praying for and the potential danger that they're facing. 
you know, in a very real sense, in a very real sense, your family and friends that don't know Jesus, we can come between them and the danger of the forces of hell that are very real and are very much trying to take advantage of this, of this time and this opportunity that they have to pull people away from God. And we can come between them with a divine baseball bat, if you will, and lifting them up, and we can intercede. That's what Jesus did, and that's what we should do. So let me ask you this. Is there somebody in your life that you're praying for? Is there, are there multiple people maybe in your life that you are praying for? Are there unreached people that are in your world, that are in your sphere of influence, that maybe you're FaceTiming every day or that you're texting or calling or, or trying to, to stay in contact with in some way, shape, or form that you know need Jesus? That you can come between the very real danger that's coming and, and that is trying to pull them away. The place that you can start is on your knees in prayer. If you want to unleash the gospel, we pray. We pray. Then, the next thing, we care. We care. Jesus showed us what this looked like in this passage in Mark 1. It says that a man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees. It says, and it says if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and he said, I am willing. I am willing, be clean. And it said the, the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Now, I can, I can guarantee you that, that Satan and, and his armies are wanting to leverage this pandemic to steal, kill, and destroy. Uh, they they want to destroy relationships. They want to destroy lives. But as followers of Jesus, we, we are empowered with the gospel. We are empowered with the Holy Spirit. And, and the Holy Spirit can, can bring healing and can bring... Um, and, and can help to, to go between the literal demons that are trying to pull people away. And so, yes, we start with prayer. But you know what? There are a lot of people that are struggling with, with other kinds of, of demons, if you will. You, you've heard the phrase, somebody's wrestling with, with their demons. And yes, that can be maybe a, a, a literal thing. But I'm also talking about the things that, that were just the baggage, maybe, that people are struggling with right now whether it's, it's loneliness, depression, alcoholism, um, you know, suicide, shattered relationships, all kinds of different things that, that this pandemic is bringing to light. And so we need to care for people. Some of these things have been accelerated and, and, and really grown um, during this time. Maybe you've lost so much money in the stock market that you have no retirement left. Maybe you have... Um, Maybe your, your job has been put on hold and you're not even sure if you're going to be able to go back um, because of massive cuts and all of those things. You have no idea if you're going to be able to pay your mortgage or put food on your table. These are very real things. These are very, uh, this is real stress that people are dealing with. And I can't imagine how much more stress there is when you don't have the foundation of Jesus Christ in your life. How tough is it to deal with those things without Jesus? I know how tough it is, and you know how tough it is to, to deal with this with, with Jesus in your life. There are people in your life that are trying to deal with this without the firm foundation of Jesus. But you know, Jesus didn't just pray for people. He also 
did what he could to help, and he cared for people. He healed the leper that was there. The Bible had very specific instructions on how to deal with lepers from the Old Testament. It's, it's a disease that is highly, highly contagious. And instead of wearing a mask, everybody, when, if you had leprosy, when you walked into a room or you walked into a place where there were multiple people, you had to call out and say, unclean, unclean. You had to let everyone around you know that that was you. I can't imagine that. I can't imagine what, the, what that is like to walk in and make sure that everybody in the room knew that you need to stay away from me. I know we all feel that a little bit. Some of us haven't showered in like four or five days because we're all staying at home, so you might just want to be saying unclean, unclean anyway to the people that you're living with. I get that. But in this particular instance, this was much worse than just not showering for a couple of days um, because you forget what day it is. This is the fact that nobody wants to be around you and they literally run from you. I can't imagine being this person and, and having that stigma on me. But Jesus went to the man. He went to this person. He said, I am willing, be clean. Now, if you think what I'm saying is run up to everybody with coronavirus and, and give them a hug and, and all that, that's not what I'm saying. That is not what I'm saying at all. Um, not by any stretch. But we do need to care for people we do need to care for people. And there are ways, creative ways, that we can care for people. Um, because everyone, whether they have it or they're afraid of getting it, this is affecting everyone. And so there are ways that we can, we can care for people. We Christians have set the pace for caring for hurting people throughout history. When everyone else rushes out in fear, Christians run in in love, or at least we're supposed to. We are supposed to, to rush in out of love. So if Jesus set the pace for caring by touching and healing the leper, then Christians throughout history have, have set the pace with this. Shouldn't, shouldn't we? Shouldn't we set, you know, set the pace for caring for people? Well, I've got a few ideas for you. Um, I've, I've got three small ideas for you, and you might have some others. Um, but here's, here's a couple of quick ideas. The first one is set the pace for hygiene. Set the pace for hygiene. You might be like, wow, that's not very spiritual, Jay. Yeah, I get that. But at the same time, it kind of is. In Proverbs 27, 12, it reminds us the prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and pay the penalty. Listen, it is no act of love to infect someone with the coronavirus or to risk getting infected. That is not an act of love. I know it's frustrating because we can't, really hang out with people and we can't hug people and I get, I get that, believe me. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a hugger. I, I, I miss hugging people and all of that. But it is no act of love to put people at risk. We should not, as, as followers of Jesus, and I'm sorry if this hurts a little bit for me to say this, we should not be the ones rolling our eyes at this. We should not be the ones that, that do nothing and, and just ignore it and say this is stupid. Um, that does nothing for the cause of Christ. That does nothing for the cause of Christ. And it does nothing for the next two ideas as well, which is set the pace for peace. Set the pace for peace. We're living in a social media-driven culture where fear and fear-mongering and all of that kind of stuff is, is just all over the place. We should be the voices of peace. As followers of Jesus, we should be the voices of calm Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. 
We need to be the peacemakers during this time. Uh, when there's rumors and frustration and anger and all of those things, we need to be the voice that calms people down instead of stirring people up. We need to be, as followers of Jesus, we need to be the voice of peace, not protest. Hear that. We need to be the voice of peace, not protest. Because the third idea is this, that we need to set the pace for encouragement. We need to set the pace for encouragement. Ephesians 4.29 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. So maybe this means that you need to encourage somebody. Um, maybe you need to send them a text. Maybe you need to, to send them a card in the mail or, or drop something off at their house. I know I had somebody drop something off at my house just in an encouraging uh, way. It was just a, it was a bag of potato chips and, and some Lawson's chip dip, which is amazing. Um, but at the same time, uh, it was encouraging. And so maybe there's somebody that you can encourage uh, in, in your life. Um, and there's a, that's a great way to open a gospel conversation with somebody. Maybe somebody that you know doesn't know Jesus, you can encourage them. Maybe you send them a Bible verse. You never know how that may spark a conversation that leads to the gospel. Jesus prayed for those that were hurting. He cared for those that were hurting. And we too must pray. We too must care. And finally, we must share. We share. When Jesus was praying, the disciples uh, were, were looking for him and they were trying to find him. And, uh, and it says in, in verse 36, Simon and his companions went to look for him. When they found him, they, they said, everyone is looking for you. And Jesus said, well, let's go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. That is why I have come. Jesus had a greater purpose. Jesus had a, a much greater purpose and his purpose was to share the good news of the gospel with as many people as possible. But how do we do that during a pandemic? How do we do that during this time? There, there are many ways that we can do that. We can unleash the gospel uh, verbally and virally because we have a lot of resources at our disposal. You know, there's many ways that you can bring up the conversation with people, especially now in this time that we're living in. People are, are apt to talk about it. And, and maybe there's some conversation starters. Maybe there's some things that you're saying like, well, boy, you know, you're talking to somebody. How are you guys dealing with this? I'm, I'm, I'm so thankful that I have Jesus in my life um, to be able to deal with this. How are you guys dealing with this? Um, and, and maybe you can say it a little bit differently than that. Another idea would be this. Ask somebody if you're talking to them and you know that they need Jesus. Just the simple question of this. How can I pray for you guys? You'd be amazed, the people that won't turn that down. Even the most staunch person that, that is, is maybe not wanting to, to talk about uh, religion at all may still be willing to say, boy, yeah, I, I would love to have, have you pray for me. You'd be amazed the way that people respond. And then once you're in that spiritual conversation, take advantage of it because it is simple to share the gospel. And I know it's, it's intimidating. I get it. It's on the high list of things that intimidate people is to share their faith. But let me tell you, it's not as difficult as we make it out. And the enemy wants us to think that we don't have a good enough story, that we don't know enough of what to say, that we're not going to say it right, we're going to screw it up. And all of those things, believe me, if you're looking for excuses to not share the gospel, you can find them. 
you'll find exactly the excuses that you're looking for. But there are some resources that we have, and, and we've added it to the page at connectchurch.xyz slash next. There, there is a button right at the top that, that says resources to share the gospel. And so if you're looking for some resources and to maybe educate yourself a little bit on some things uh, on, on how to share the gospel, we've got those there. At the same time, though, let me simplify it for you just a little bit and say that you really need pretty much two things to share your faith. You need your before story and your after story. Your before Jesus and your after Jesus. Your life before Christ and your life after finding Christ. All you're really doing is sharing what Jesus has done in your life. And don't let yourself think that, oh, I don't have much of a story. Do you know Jesus? Then you have a story. If you know Jesus, then you have a story and God can and will use it because it's the Holy Spirit through you, not you. It's not you, it's the Holy Spirit through you. That is your testimony. You hear that word, testimony. That's, that's what it is. It's your life before Christ and your life after Christ. And you share that, the gospel's like a grenade. All you have to do is pull the pin and let the, let the explosion do the rest. You don't have to do a whole lot. Just share your story. Just share your story. And that's why the connection point for the day is this. You cannot quarantine the gospel. You cannot quarantine the gospel. So we pray, we care, and we share. You can't quarantine the gospel. Jesus prayed, cared, and shared. That's how he dealt with people infected with a pandemic. With a pandemic called sin, that's also how he dealt with us. And that's how he, he healed the lepers in the process. He healed people in the process. But the healing was much, much bigger than just leprosy. We celebrated it last week with Easter. We continue to celebrate it every single week. And so let me close with a, with a short story about a man named Father Damien. And I want you to just listen to this story as I read. It's not very long. It says, in the mid-1800s, lepers from all around the world were quarantined to an island just off the coast of Maui called Molokai. This beautiful Hawaiian paradise soon became the drop-off center for lepers from all across the globe. If the seas were too rough, the captains would drop these poor people off into the water 500 yards from the shore and make them swim. Many would drown in the raging waves, and the ones who survived washed up onto an island that, although beautiful to look at, was full of drunkenness and prostitution and hopelessness. The souls of these poor people were as leprous as their bodies. Everywhere one looked, there was a hideous disfigurement, bleeding and oozing sores, rampant disease of various kinds, perhaps the worst of all, hopelessness. And when Father Damien accepted the call to minister to the lepers, he knew he was accepting a death sentence. Father Damien had no plans to keep distant from the lepers, though. He was called to serve them, and he served them up close. He built them churches. He embraced every leper that he saw. He shared with them the hope of Christ, and of course, he contracted leprosy himself, and he died 15 years later. But Molokai and its lepers on the island had been fundamentally and forever transformed. To this day, he is a hero in this still active leper colony. Now, is, is the moral of this story for us to go out and, 
and contract coronavirus to, to reach as many people. That, no, if you think that's where I'm going with this, you're, you're totally wrong. Because this guy had a very specific calling to something that's very, very different than what we're going through. But, you know, in a very visceral sense, Father Damien is a great illustration of Jesus. He is a great illustration of Jesus because God created this beautiful paradise for Adam and Eve to live in. And they contracted the, the disease of sin. And that, and that disease spread throughout all of humanity when they made that choice to rebel against God. And Jesus, Jesus came down as we celebrated last week, to take that disease from us. Because, because of that disease of sin, we, we, we are to die. It says in Romans, Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death. But it doesn't stop there because the gift of God, as it keeps going, is, he, is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus came to this earth completely uninfected and he took on the disease of sin and death for you and for me to save us. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus not only took the, the leprosy of sin, if you will, upon himself, he gave us the righteousness of God, his perfection it says in Colossians that, that we, are, we are seen as holy and blameless because of what Jesus did for us. God sees us through Jesus as holy and blameless. So not only are we healed through faith in Christ, but we are forever transformed. We are transformed into sons and daughters of God. Would you bow your heads with me as we close today in prayer? And if you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus as your Savior. I, I want to encourage you to put your trust in him right now, to believe that he died for you and he rose from the dead, and to put your full trust in him right now to forgive you of your sins and give you eternal life. And if you have already put your faith in Jesus, let's follow his pattern by praying for the lost, by caring for people, by caring for them, by sharing the message of the gospel and ask God to reveal to you maybe the person that you're going to pray for, care for, and share the gospel with this week. We've even got a place on our website for you to submit prayer requests so that you know that maybe those people that God has brought to your mind and to your heart right now can be prayed for by more than just you. Yes, we are in the midst of a global pandemic, but you can't quarantine the gospel. That should empower us and give us hope. Jesus, I thank you, Lord for your love. I thank you that you were willing to come down to this earth and to take the pandemic of sin and death upon yourself for me and for all of us. God, we can't thank you enough for the sacrifice that you made for us. And God, I pray that we can be empowered to move forward and pray for those that we know need you. God, that we can care for people that we know need you and we can share the gospel with those that are around us, God, because each and every one of us are uniquely positioned 
to share the gospel with someone in our life. God, you don't, you don't do anything by accident. And so you don't bring people around in our lives that don't know you for no reason. So God, help us to, to take that charge and to share the gospel with those around us, to share the gospel with those that we are in contact with, God. Give each and every one of us that are praying right now a divine appointment this week in some way, shape, or form to share your good news. And if there is one who is watching that doesn't know you as Savior, Father, I pray that they would make that decision today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you did make that decision to put your faith and trust in Jesus, I hope that you'll let us know. If you scroll down a little bit on our website, uh, there's a button there that says next steps. You can click on that. Let us know. Fill out that form there and just let us know so we can celebrate with you. Um, Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that you will go out this week, that you will pray, you will care, and you will share the gospel because the gospel cannot be quarantined.